I've learned a couple things already today, um, one of which is uh, cowboy boots and icy parking lots. <laughs> we, we're learning, little by little, right? Stepped out of the truck, and uh, fortunately there was not a car parked next to me because I would have been under it as I um, slid away from the... <laughs> Olivia's laughing because it's true. It's <laughs> We did get sand down after that, which is great. Um, but that I'm learning, right? Um, one of the other things I'm learning here in Alaska is that, um, that light works differently here. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but it, we don't have nearly as many hours of daylight as we used to. When I got here, uh, I feel like maybe I was misled just a little bit. I get here and it's like 20 hours of sunshine, right? And now it's like the opposite of that, it feels like right now. Um, and so we're talking about light. I love the, the twinkly lights at, at Christmas. Um, when I showed up to the landfill today, uh, this, earlier this week and was taking the trash, and the, the guy said, good afternoon, and I'm like, it's got, it's got to be 8 o'clock in the evening. There's no way that it is. <laughs> it's after it was 4, um, but it was just one of those. I'm, I'm learning, right? I'm learning. We're, we're starting a series today uh, that, that is really, it's an Advent season. It's more of a season than a series. It's a series in the sense that it's four messages um, of, of particular words, of particular themes that um, all represent a choice that we have to make as we prepare for Christmas, right? As we prepare to receive the gift that God has given us, that, that we remember what anticipation has looked like, that we remember what God is trying to do, what God is maybe trying to reveal to us. Um, and so we look and we say, this week we have a choice to make, and next week we'll have a choice to make. And so this whole series, the, the whole season is wrapped up in this, this idea of making a choice. The question of, uh, whether we will let the, the, Jesus' life, death, resurrection um, impact the way we actually live. One of the things I said we learned, or I'm learning here in Alaska, is, the, is, is light, right? Light and darkness. It's literally two seasons that are represented. It feels like you have like, the sunny season in the summertime, and we have um, the like, darkness, what it feels like right now. Right? This is like, not new to you. It's new to me. We're learning. We're um, um, what we're learning is that this time of year, the, the dark comes a long time before the dawn. Have you noticed that? That, that, that? that evening, that the sun sets a long time before the sun rises, right? It's a, long, it's a long season of dark. I'm learning and we're experiencing that that actually impacts the way we live our days. We live differently now, right, in the, in the dark season, right, in the season where there's not as much sunshine. You guys have different, like our rhythms are different, our family rhythms are different, the way we do things, even some of the things we choose to do are different than, um, than, we, than we do when it's daylight, right, when there's tons of sunshine, when we're spending long evenings and all those kinds of things outside and that we actually live differently in the dark and in the light, right, which is such a beautiful picture. I, I've not been in this season of anticipation, this Advent season in a place like Alaska before. And so for me, it's, it's, it's kind of given this whole new sense of meaning that, um, that we can look and we can understand that, that it is dark, but it doesn't mean it will be dark forever, right? That the days, the daylight hours can get shorter and shorter and shorter, but we know that it doesn't mean that they're going to get shorter forever with no sense of hope on the other side of it, right? That, that it will eventually reverse course, that the, that the sun will start you know, spending more time with us, that, that we're going to have more hours of daylight, that the days will get longer and longer and longer that we can, look at, we can look at daylight and nighttime, the darkness and the light here in Alaska, uh, with a sense of hope that it's not, just because it's getting dark doesn't mean that it's going to be dark forever. 
And so we're talking about light and dark. We're spending time in Advent looking at a different kind of darkness and a different kind of light, but the same sense of hope, the same sense of expectation, the same sense of anticipation that, that what, what was dark will be made light, that light will come. We talk spiritually speaking, we talk of darkness. We talk of what it feels like to, to be in the dark, that, um, that darkness conceals. Our darkness hides things. That hides things. Darkness kind of like can even make our imagination do crazy things. A few years ago, when Julie and I were dating, uh, she was a children's pastor back in the day, and she was doing a kids camp uh, with her kids that were part of her children's ministry. And um, I was traveling and and got back late, but I was one of the counselors for the camp, and um, the the group that I was with dropped me off at the, kind of like the, as far into the park as they could get, but it was probably a good mile and a half, two-mile walk to where uh, this camp was happening, and um, it was dark. And so back then, um, this is for my kids, they can't even picture what this would have been like. I get out my phone and I do this. I open my phone, right? <laughs> uh, there, there wasn't like a camera on there where I could just turn like the flashlight on. I just opened my phone and the screen was about this big and that was my light, right? And there I am kind of walking through this unfamiliar territory. I had not been to this place before and, and there I'm walking using my flashlight, my phone, hoping that the battery is not going to die, hoping that, you know, all the sounds that I'm hearing off to the sides, because everything outside of that tiny little beam all of a sudden took on some significance, like what in the world am I walking into, right? Am I, am I even on the right path? Is, 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 is this even a safe place to be? Are there animals that are alongside me? What's happening? Because all I have is this little teeny tiny amount of light. And in this darkness, with the, the darkness all around, you can start to imagine things. Right? Maybe I can start to imagine things. That um, Who knows what could be out there? Darkness has this way of, of concealing reality that, that can make us feel like what, what's around us is more terrifying, that, that it can, can ima- leave us imagining the worst, or, or um, maybe even more damaging, that it could actually make us think that, that nobody's watching. Right, that, that nobody cares what's happening, or there's no repercussions for the way that we behave, that, that it means that we can get away with stuff. Uh, or maybe darkness conceals, and, and we start to think, you talk about what it looks like to feel hope or, or not feel hope, that, that we can start to imagine that, that in the darkness that it will always be dark, right? that it's never going to be light again, that the sun is not coming back, that, that light is not coming back, and so we can convince ourselves that, that nothing really matters, that what we do in the dark, what we do in the, in the midst of, of that kind of thing, uh, we might as well just do what we want to do, because right? nobody's watching, nobody can see, and if, even if they could, it doesn't matter, because we're, we're in darkness, and it's never going to be light again, right? Darkness conceals where light, where light reveals, where light reveals reality, where, where maybe we could begin to see as the light comes on, when I walked that same trail the next day, I realized that, that it wasn't terrifying, right? It was just a simple path that I was walking along that, to understand that it maybe isn't as bad as what we've imagined, that our imagination is making things into the worst, or um, maybe we've discovered that when the light comes on that we are in a tough situation, that it really is that scary, that there really is a difficult thing, that, that reality is, is a little bit terrifying in that moment, but, but at least we know what we're getting into. At least we know what we're dealing with. Light and darkness. Darkness conceals, light reveals, light gives purpose. That even in the midst of the darkness that we can imagine, as we see the sun start to come, as light begins to break, that, that we begin to, to realize that, that the light is actually coming. Right? That all of a sudden we start to make de- decisions differently as, as dawn begins to break. That we start to think about, we've, we've been in a season of darkness, we're talking not just dark and light, daylight, but, but dark and light spiritually speaking, or dark and light in our lives where, where we're, we're, we're in darkness and all of a sudden we get a glimpse that maybe there's light. 
right? That, that maybe that dark season is starting, to, starting to, to, to come to an end and so we can imagine that, that we can make decisions differently, that we're not just surviving, but we're actually moving towards a thing. And so light gives us purpose, that this is Advent, right? This is a season of anticipation. This is a season where we don't just wait in the dark without hope. We wait in the dark imagining and understanding that the light is coming. And so we imagine and we practice this, this season of anticipation and we let anticipation do its work in us. So the question this morning is how do we get from darkness to hope and anticipation, right? How do we move from, from darkness to hope and anticipation? And the good news is we're not the first people to wrestle with that question. The good news is we're not the first ones to walk this road. And so the Apostle Paul writing to the church, and we have the letter that's captured in the book of Romans that uh, he's writing to the church. He's giving them a sense of how you live faithfully in the middle of the story, right? Before the, the conclusion in the, middle of the, in the middle of the story from between promise and fulfillment, this, this reality that they lived in. He said, this is what it looks like, right? This is what we believe, and this is how we live this out in a world that doesn't always make sense. Right, live this out in a world that doesn't always make sense. And so in verse, thir- or verse 11 of Romans chapter 13, Paul says this, and do this, understanding the present time. He says, the hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Paul says, it starts with perspective. Right? It starts with us understanding the times that we actually live in. He said it starts with, with understanding the present time, with a, with a new way of seeing what's around us, to, to understand that we may be in darkness, that we may be in a precarious situation, we may be going through trials, we may be going through difficult times, but understand where this is located in the, in the, in the, in the, in the present time, what is actually happening, to understand that there's more to the story than just our present moment, the present circumstances that we find ourselves in, to, to understand that there is more happening and there, it, there will be more to the story than the moment that we find ourselves in. He says, because our salvation, wake up, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. He's saying light is dawning, right? It's beginning to, to, to come on the scene, that, that we're moving from a season of darkness to a season of light, that, that our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. That there's this tension, as Paul is writing, that you can feel where he's saying, you can be saved, right? We, we were, he, he's saying, as a people, we believed and we were saved, right? We trusted God for our salvation, and yet, and yet we're still in this period between having been saved and what would look, feel like ultimate salvation, to, to be reconciled fully with God in eternity, to understand that, that there is this season of, of tension, there's a season of waiting that, that we're required and that we're, we're in the middle of, that we're in this tension between being saved and salvation. And he says this, the night is nearly over, right? Paul beginning to write with a sense of hopefulness, with a, with a sense of anticipation, this hopeful understanding of the present time. He says, the night is nearly over, the day is almost here, right? He's talking to a people who would have felt like they were in darkness, who would, would have felt like there wasn't hope, who would have felt like they, there was nothing worth fighting for. He says, the night is nearly over, the day is almost here, so let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light, to understand as a people who feel like they're in darkness, to understand as a people who, who are living in that tension, living in that season of anticipation, waiting for the light to break. Paul's saying, don't forget that there is light coming. Don't forget that the darkness isn't all that there is. Reminding them that they're experiencing the night, but, but night isn't forever. He's, he's building this sense of anticipation. He's calling them to hope. 
And he turns, as we should, as we read certain passages of Scripture, he turns and says, so this is what we should do, right? So this is what it looks like to live this out, to to live out. If if it's true that the night is nearly over, if it's true that the day is is nearly here, or is almost here, then, then what should we do about it? He says, so, so put aside the deeds of darkness, right? Put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. He says, start to remember or start to, to imagine or start to understand that, that there are things that are incompatible, that, that there are potentially deeds that have been done in the darkness that, that when they're revealed in the light just are incompatible with that. So he says, we set aside the deeds of darkness and we put on the armor of light. And then he goes on to, to explain what that looks like. So verse 13, he says this, let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and in drunken, drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. He says, behave decently. And unpacks what that looks like. He says, so don't waste time. Right? Don't waste time in, in misbehaving and in drunkenness and, and just kind of like giving, giving your time away over and over and over again. He says, don't, don't give ourselves to sen- sinful behaviors, sexual immorality and debauchery. He says, look, there are things that are incompatible. There are things that maybe have become practices. There are things that, that maybe we're tempted to do in the dark, that we're tempted to allow to define us or take hold of us in the dark, that when the light comes, we will not want to have. So stop treating others poorly. That's dissension and jealousy. So the, the way that we relate to each other. Paul calling out, describing that, that there are things, there are things of darkness that, that, are, that are all things that we can convince ourselves are okay if, if no one else sees them. Right? We can convince ourselves that, that they're okay if, if there's not hope, right? that, that if the light isn't coming, if there's not something on the horizon, if there's, if there's not some sort of change that's coming our direction, then, then it doesn't matter. So if the light isn't coming, why wouldn't we live like that? Why wouldn't we satisfy the desires that we have? Why wouldn't we give in to our impulses? Why wouldn't we allow ourselves to fall in those kind of broken behaviors? Why wouldn't we do what we want and just focus on ourselves? Paul is calling out this gravitational pull that we all experience that, that pulls us towards these kinds of behaviors, that, 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 that we drift towards this. We don't drift towards the behaviors of the light. We don't drift towards the things that are compatible with light. We drift and we, we get pulled. The gravitational pull is going to take us towards these broken kinds of behaviors. And so we have to make a choice. We have to make a choice to live differently. So Paul then begins to unpack that. He says, so how do we get there? What does that look like? What should we do? If this is true, right? If, if there's a difference between dark and light, if there's a difference between the way we might behave and the, and the light and the, and the dark, if, if there's a choice to be made, then, then what should we do? How do we get there? He says, so rather, verse 14, rather clothe clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. He says, make a choice about what you dwell on, right? Make a choice about what captures your imagination. Make a choice about about the things that you you dwell on, that you allow your mind to rest on, that that you're thinking about, that that you're allowing to define the the decisions that you make, that, that when you look at these things, when you're starting to make your choices, when you're making decisions about how you're going to live, put on Christ, right? Clothe yourself with Christ. Don't worry about, don't focus on gratifying the desires of the flesh. So if we get towards hope, if we're talking about anticipation, we're talking about allowing this season to do its transforming work in us, it starts with us saying, we're going to choose to dwell on something differently. This is why we don't just rush to Christmas. This is why we don't just show up on Christmas Eve and and expect to experience the fullness of what this Christmas season is about, what this Advent season is about. But rather, we take some time 
and we listen. We take some time to allow God to speak to us. We, we take time and say, God, what is it you're trying to teach me in this season that, that feels like darkness, in this season that, that feels like there's tension, in this season where it feels like I'm surrounded, in this season where it feels like nothing is going right? What is it that you're trying to teach me? In this season where I'm trying to learn what hope looks like, in this season where I'm trying to understand what you're calling me to, God, what is it that you want me to dwell on that's different than what I've been dwelling on up to this point? So we have a choice to make. Right? We have a choice in, in what we're dwelling on. We have a choice in the perspective that we're going to take as we move forward. And this morning, we're talking about the choice of choosing hope, right? Choosing hope and the way that plays out when we make that choice. We're talking hope, but what we're really talking about is this, this idea that we choose Christ, that we choose to live in a different way, that we choose to take on Christ, to, to understand that, that, that he is with us, that he is for us, that, that even in the darkness there is light. This is the tension that Paul is describing, that, that we're nearer to our salvation, that, that the day has come. And so we choose hope. And hope, hope is our defense, right? When things get dark, when things feel like they're hopeless, when, when things feel like we can't figure out a way forward, hope is our defense, Hope is not a strategy, right? I had a, a mentor that spoke to me about that once. He said, look, you can't just hope that things are going to work out. That's not a, like, that's not a strategic plan. You can't just imagine that, well, I hope that things will work out in a certain way, that, that hope isn't a strategy. But I would add to that this morning that, that it is a good defense, right? To understand hope, to understand that, that what is isn't all that will be, that, that what is or what could be is, is better than what is and what will be is better than what is, to allow that to to transform the way that we, that we experience things, right? to tra- allow, allow that to transform the, the way that we experience setbacks, the way we experience discouragement. I don't know if there's anything more frustrating. I, I like watching football. And I don't know if there's anything more frustrating than when you, you're watching a football game and your team that you've been cheering for, right? You've kind of like made known that this is your team. You're probably wearing their sweatshirt and all those things and you're watching a football game and all of a sudden you have this horrible realization that they are not playing to win. Have you guys ever seen this happen? Maybe it's not football, but it's, it's some other sporting event where you're like, they're just playing to like, maybe like stave off the embarrassing loss, right? And it's so frustrating where you're like, you're making decisions not based on like the possibility of winning. You're just trying to mitigate disaster, right? You're not even trying to win anymore. This is, this is just turned into a game of, of trying to stay away from being embarrassed. Hope, hope keeps us from just playing that kind of game, that, that keeps us from just playing to, 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 to keep ourselves from embarrassment. Hope lets us play to win, right? Hope lets us lean in, that, 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 that lets us choose to play to win in a way that looks different, right? in a way that looks differently, that, that hope, that hope is not a strategy, but it's a good defense because we can imagine that, that what will be is better than what is. And that lets us endure, that helps us hold on, that lets us make more long-term decisions, it, it lets, us, lets us move from just surviving to thriving, understanding that, that it may be this way now, but it won't always be this way. Hope is our defense. Hope is our defense. And we live out our hope. We live out our hope. Hope changes our behavior. Hope changes our approach to life because we look and we see what could be. We see what will be. We, we trust that, that what we're experiencing in this season that, that maybe we're coming into going, this feels like darkness and it feels like my life is the, kind of the embodiment of, of the, the, the day dark mix that we have here in Alaska right now in this season that, that it changes our behavior, that our approach, the way we see things looks different. 
that we live out our hope, that we do things like putting aside the things from the dark, that we say, look, I will trust and I will, I will imagine that, that what will be is better than what is, so I will live out that reality. I will live out hope. I will live out the, the, where I'm headed. I will live out the, this, this light that's coming. And so I'll put some things aside that are the things of the dark. And I say that is incompatible with, with where God's taking me. That's incompatible with what, what reality actually is put aside things from the dark, we, we put on the things from the light. And that changes our behavior, right? That changes the way we live, that, that our living flows out of those decisions. Our living flows out of this, this posture of, of hope, this posture of what will be, that this posture of what is isn't always what will be. We live out our hope. And then hope changes our priorities, Right? Hope changes our priorities. This is, this is that, that strange reality of, of right before the light comes or when we start to realize that, that a season is coming to a close, that, that maybe we've been through a season of darkness or a season of struggle or a season of tension. All of a sudden, we start to see the edges of what feels like hope. All of a sudden, we start to see that, that there's light at the end of the tunnel. All of a sudden, we start to see that, that dawn is actually breaking over the darkness that we've experienced. And so all of a sudden, it's as if we've been renewed in our sense of energy. All of a sudden, we've been renewed in a sense of purpose. All of a sudden, we've been renewed in a sense of, of, of what's coming is better. And all of a sudden, the decisions that, that we've been making, the way that we've been making our decisions, the things that we've been prioritizing are different because dawn is coming, because light is coming, because we have hope that it actually transforms our mentality, that it's not just about the, the immediate gratification, but it's about something deeper than that. We make decisions differently when breakthrough is on the horizon, right? When we see it start to break, that, that we actually begin to, to make decisions differently, and that's what hope looks like. When we begin to put on Christ, as we talk in this season, instead of allowing the, dark, the desires of the flesh to drive us. And so this morning, we are invited we're invited to a better way. We're invited to remember what Christ has done for us. We're invited to remember the gift that has been given to us. We're invited to take a posture of anticipation to allow God to, to work in our lives as we prepare, as we anticipate the coming of Christ. So this is a season as we choose hope. This is a, this is a season first to maybe discover hope. But there is such good news in this passage because it talks about behaviors, right? It talks about the, the, the light and the dark and the putting aside and the taking on, all these things, and we can look at this and we can say, well, I guess it's up to me to get this right. Or I guess it's up to me to figure out how to put all the pieces together. I guess it's up to me to, to modify my behavior. I guess it's up to me to, to make myself worthy of the light, to, to make myself the kind of person that God's going to cast light on, that, that kind of put all the pieces in place and we put all the pressure on ourselves. But the good news of this passage, the good news of of the reality that we are in is that Christ is doing the work for us, that our hope is not in ourselves. Our hope is not in our ability to clean ourselves up. Our hope is not in our, our ability to drag ourselves from the darkness into the light. Our hope is in Christ. So he says, put on Christ and, and, then, and then let go of the desires of the flesh and then don't follow the desires of the flesh. Take on Christ. Recognize that we have been given the way. That this is a season to discover hope, to discover the good news that, that our hope isn't in us getting it right. Our hope is in Christ. This is a season to seek hope, right? This is a season of anticipation. For some of us, maybe we need to, to kind of sit in that a little bit and say, what am I actually anticipating? Do I have any kind of sense of hope? 
maybe for some of us, the reality is that, that we look at the moments that we find ourselves in or we're, we're sitting in these moments and, and we don't feel hope, we feel fear, right? We feel this, this sense of fear and dread about what, what we're actually ex- experiencing. We don't know how to get ourselves out of it. That maybe in this season of anticipation, this, this season of anticipating Christmas, making choices about hope or fear, making choices about light and darkness, Maybe what we need to do in this moment is to, is to be honest before God. Say, God, this is what I'm afraid of. Right? This, is, this is what I fear. This is, this is the thing that, that is holding me back. This is the thing that I'm hanging on to that's, that's keeping me from imagining that, that what will be is better than what is. And so we're invited in this season as we, as we seek hope, not just choose hope, but maybe we have to seek it out in this moment to, 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 to allow this season of anticipation to actually change us, to place what we fear before God, to ask for his help. And maybe we just simply start with, God, give me hope, right? Instead of just asking for a solution, instead of saying, God, would you fix this? Instead of saying, God, would you make this come to an end? God, would you resolve this tension for me? Would you we get before God and just say, God, this is what I'm afraid of. God, these are my fears. Here's the things that, that when I make the list of all the things I'm worried about, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm being, allowing myself to be driven by fear instead of hope, God, this is, these are the things that keep coming to mind. God, this is what I'm afraid of. Would you give me hope? Hand those things over to God and allow him to do that work in this season of anticipation, to allow him to do that kind of work. God wants to help us in the places that we're afraid. This is a season to discover hope, to seek hope, and to choose hope. Paul says that starts with understanding the present time, understanding the context that we find ourselves in. He says it, it starts with perspective, just like we understand light and dark. That we make a choice when we choose hope to, to understand the reality and not just experience it, right? Not just have things come out at us and we react to whatever's coming our way, but to say, I'm going to make a proactive choice. I'm going to choose hope. I'm going to choose to trust that God is working on my behalf. I'm going to choose to, to believe that the dawn is breaking, to understand the present time rather than just experiencing the present time. And for some of us, that means slowing down. Right? For some of us, that means, means taking a moment to, to look around and say, what lies am I buying? Right? What lies about the darkness? What lies about the behaviors? What lies about the things I'm holding on to am I buying into? Or maybe for us, we need to look and say, where in my life have I allowed darkness to make me feel hopeless? Where have I allowed darkness to make me feel like there's no hope? Remember that darkness conceals reality. Right? Darkness conceals reality. Light reveals reality. I'll close with this. It's not that we won't experience dark times. What I'm promising or what I'm talking about this morning isn't that with hope or, or with a season of anticipation with, with Christ in our lives that, that we won't experience dark times. What I'm promising is that what we will do when we experience those dark times, that we'll experience them, we will experiencing them, we will experience them differently with hope in the mix. We don't drift toward hope, right? We don't drift. Our gravitational pull is not towards a hopeful reality. We have to make a choice to move in that direction. It's so much easier. I think if we're honest with ourselves, it's so much easier for us to to fall into rhythms that that that, that leave us operating without. And yet we're invited to make a choice. We're invited to operate differently. So I'm going to leave with this encouragement and do this, as Paul writes, and do this understanding the present time. 
The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let's pray. God, thank you. God, thank you for hope. God, thank you for this early service as the sun is literally rising as we're having this conversation. God, that we came into this room this morning and it was dark. And when we leave this place this morning, the light will have broken. God, I pray that you would use this rhythm, this this daily rhythm to remind us of hope, to remind us of what you've done for us. God, that we would go out and we would live differently as a people of light, as a people that, that, that our lives are marked by hope. That we'd allow that to actually change us. That we'd allow that to actually do its work in us. God, where there is fear, God, I pray you'd give us the courage to surrender that fear and take on hope. God, give us wisdom. Give us eyes to see. We pray these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.